Hi, I'm Tori. And I'm Hannah. And this is Wait, Wait Why. Welcome back to another episode of Wait Why. We're excited to be here as always. This week we are talking about something that's been, you know, affecting us pretty personally lately. And that is our motivation day to day. Yes, I feel like this week, especially, I have been in a motivational lull. So try and get out of that. Um, Hannah and I have some tips for you guys today on this episode, as well as just some shared personal experience as always. And then, you know, we got to throw in the science in there. As always, yes. And we'll also be talking a little bit about like the seasonal changes and how that affects like mood and motivation, as well as tips for staying motivated as the pandemic continues slash worsens. I know a couple states are back in lockdown. Um, That's not here in Florida, but I know other states are. So these tips are for you guys. And yeah, we're excited to share them. They're also kind of for us because like we said, we need motivation too. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely for us as well. Um, Uh, Well, do you want to jump into life updates, Hannah? Yeah, sure. I feel like a lot has happened since our last episode. First of all, the election happened and the president has been quote unquote decided. I guess some people are still disputing that, but you know, the results seem, you know, (laughs) pretty straightforward. So we have a new president now. And I mean, there's still a lot of craziness happening in regards to the election. But I'm just really happy it's, like, post-election season now. And I don't have to see commercials anymore. There's just, I don't know, the tension in the air is just a bit different now that the election has passed. Yes, like, can breathe. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Um, And it was a super tense week for, I think, everyone, almost everyone in America. Like, very high stress. Like, the anxiety and anticipation yeah, watching all the mail-in votes being counted like I just feel like obviously this was a very different election year and it was so strange not to get the results like night of yeah it was a very hard time very hard time to just wait around especially if you were constantly had the news on we're just waiting for updates it was a really stressful moment yeah I um one of my editors actually took off all of that week because she was anticipating being that stressed and like overwhelmed by election news. So yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. But aside from the election, let's see. Oh yes. Of course there was hurricane Etta. That's that's (laughs) how they pronounced it. it, Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So where I live got hit like fully hit by the hurricane. It was Etta ETA. Yeah. Yeah. Estimated time of arrival, whatever she's called. <laughs> um, but so where I live in Florida, hurricanes always kind of hook to the northwest and hit like the panhandle. But this storm actually hit us. So as the news was kind of saying, oh, Hurricane Etta heading towards my area. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every other storm has ended up not hitting here. So I woke up the day the storm hit and was like, oh oh, okay, there's actually a hurricane here. So I was a little unprepared, but... Which is so funny, too, because for every storm we've had, I feel like you have freaked out a little bit, especially (laughs) if it's, like, threatening for a tornado. I know those are one of your biggest fears. Yes, Um, yes, yes. (laughs) It's very funny to me that you just, like, ignored it. 
<laughs> I did not think it was going to heat here. And then I woke up with like a million like weather app alerts. It was like tornado watch, hurricane watch, flood warning, like all these things. I was like, oh, great. But um, start the day. Yeah, we survived the storm. And by we, I mean me and my cats because I was home alone. <laughs> <laughs> Like every time um, we do this podcast, you're just more and more progressively sounding like a crazy cat lady, and I love it. I know I'm like home alone with my cats. <laughs> Got a new cat? No, <laughs> but yeah, it was it wasn't too bad of a day. Just tried to like stay in touch with friends and stuff because it was kind of like I couldn't even walk out of my apartment through our courtyard to the main house here um, because it flooded that high. Dang. Like you couldn't walk between where I live and the house that's like seven feet away. Yeah, and you so guys are right was... on, for you guys listening, Hannah's house is right on the water, so it backs up yeah. the panel. Yeah, so we got hit pretty hard. I mean, it was only a Category 1, so just really high wind, really high winds, really heavy rain. <laughs> um, and the only damage we had was <laughs> the morning after the storm, I went out back, because like Tori said, I live right on the water, so we have a dock. And um, I went out to kind of check on the dock where most of the damage usually is after a storm. And our entire dock box, for those of you who don't know, a dock box is just like a giant box that people who have boats keep life jackets or hoses or whatever you might need in a dock in. Our entire dock box was in the water. So I walked outside and first I noticed my life jacket was floating in the water. And I noticed because it was specifically mine. And then I saw two of our other ones. And then directly in the bottom of the bay, like right off the seawall, was our dock box. And it was open and completely filled with water and at the bottom. Dang. So, well, it's probably best that it was in the water and not just like on one of your neighbor's property. Yeah, it could have caused way more damage on yeah. land. But um, yeah, so it was in the water. And luckily, two of my neighbors got it out at low tide for me. I didn't even have to fish it out. Aww, but I did fish out so the nice. life jackets. Yeah, it was so nice. So that was all the damage incurred. It was an exciting, like, 36 hours, I guess you could say. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like it. We didn't get much of it. I'm on the opposite coast right now. We didn't get much of it at all. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But what else has been going on in life? Um, Well, I took another job. So now I have a full-time job, a part-time job, and full-time grad student. (laughs) So it's going great. Um, Time management 101. Yes, exactly. Very, very busy. There's some overlap on my job. So hopefully soon my plate will be a little bit cleared and I'll be able to refocus everything. Um, But like I was telling Hannah, I don't know what it was, but Monday I was just not feeling motivated. I spent about five hours on a project following different leads for work and nothing was coming. Um to completion and I was just getting frustrated and so I was talking to Hannah about it and we were discussing what we should do for this week's episode we already had an idea but we weren't sure because we were going to have a guest and it didn't work out um and I was like let's just do it on motivation like it's something that's so relevant to us right now we're in a pandemic um I mean we're approaching the holidays it's a hard time of year so I'm glad that we're able to talk to you guys about this today. Um, It's very, very relatable for us. So I think that's pretty much mostly what I got going on in my life right now. Just a busy schedule and trying to work through everything, even during my uh, motivational lulls. Yeah. Oh, and um, this past weekend, Tori and I went to Jacksonville. 
how could we forget yeah, um, the best part it was awesome yeah we saw it was one of our college friends birthday so like uh, like six of the old college friends were like all together and the it was so gang. great yeah and we were back in Jacksonville all together which I'd say was one of the first times that all of our college girlfriends have been together in our college town yeah since college yeah well minus a couple like obviously we missed you who weren't there but it was also just really nice to have a little girls trip eat all of our favorite Jacksonville food yeah yeah we went to the park did some parking yeah had some picnics went to the beach it was really nice it was like a perfect laid-back weekend yeah had a game night on Saturday you what we had a game night on Saturday, except I didn't play, but oh. you had a game night. <laughs> I was there. I thought you said I gained weight on Saturday. No, no. I, I mean, like... possibly. <laughs> I was like, dang, you're fluctuating day to day. Yeah, that would be real quick. Um, but no, ate a lot of food. We had the game night. It was super fun. Nice to see all of our college friends, as always. Yeah, it was just a really heartfelt weekend. Agreed. Very wholesome. But- Yes. Just some um, wholesome fun. Just some good wholesome fun. You guys know. I you sound know. like a grandma. <laughs> I know. It really was some wholesome fun, though. <laughs> Game night. Wholesome fun. <laughs> Game night picnics. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's what's going on in our lives. Um, I'm getting, I'm pretty ready to jump into the topic here. How about you? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So... We're going to start by throwing out some of our personal motivational tips. Um, And with this topic, like a lot of the others, with motivation, you can talk about motivation at work, motivation for health, like working out, eating well, or motivation for socializing, which I know is kind of an increasing struggle with the pandemic. Um, But I think my tips lean a lot more towards work motivation. The first thing I would recommend that I've done for years now is to keep a planner. Um, My planner is my life. (laughs) I mean, it's just so nice to be able to look at your whole week or your whole month and be able to pace your work, know what you have to do. It's a good place to have everything written down that you need to do, um, so on. And the brand of planner that I'm currently using, I've been through a lot of different ones. But the current brand I really love, so I'm going to give them a shout out. It's called Clever Fox. And they their planners are obviously have the standard weekly, monthly, daily planning. Um, but they also have a lot of prompts uh, that I love. So they have an area where you can write down daily goals that you have. So like some I have are like read, meditate, um, exercise in some way. And so you can kind of track those every day and see how you do for the week. Um, They also have prompts that are like, how can you improve next week? What were your wins this week? And then one of my favorite sections is what's your biggest goal this week and what reward can you get? So first recommendation, planners. Yes, I agree. I am such a list person. Um, If you guys have been listening to the podcast from the beginning or if you know me, you know my memory is not the sharpest. Um, so I definitely have to write things down if I'm going to remember to do it. And I think a planner is the great way to do that. Um, just for our listeners, Hannah, where did you get your planner? Was it online or did you buy it in a store? Uh, yeah, I bought it online. I'm pretty sure it's just cleverfox.com, but not sure. Just Google Cleverfox. 
Okay, okay. And it should come up. Yeah, but they're great, 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 great planners. And they're also, you fill in the dates on your own. So you can buy it any time of year. Oh, that's nice. I feel like most planners yeah. are not like that. Exactly. Most are like 2020, 2021. Like they're yearly. But these are blank. So it's nice because it doesn't matter when you buy it. Yeah, that's super nice. Because I will go through phases where I rely heavily on my planner. And then if I have any downtime, um, I'll just stop using it for a little bit. And then I'll jump back in. And my planner has become so patchy that it would be nice to have no dates. So that way I can just yeah would totally recommend um, Clever Fox. It, I, I literally asked for it for Christmas last year. Aww. Okay, well, it's coming um, up, guys. Holiday. Yeah, put, put that on your Christmas list. Um, but like Tori said, aside from the planner, like ev- completely outside of my planner, I write to-do lists every day. And even though I don't have a bad memory, I just feel like... <laughs> Thanks, Anna. <laughs> no, offense, no offense. <laughs> I don't have a particularly bad memory. great. <laughs> But I will, I, if I don't write down what I have to do work-wise, I will forget things. Yeah. So I write down a list. And the other thing about writing a list, don't put it on your phone. Don't do it on your computer. Like physically write your list because crossing it off is almost like a reward. It's so satisfying to be able to go back to your list and be like, okay, I did this. And then at the end of the day, look at your list and see what you've actually accomplished. It's such a like, physical manifestation of progress and I love that about lists yeah me too that's probably the main reason why I make lists is to cross it off and secondly you know remind myself of things yes no I will literally do something in a day that wasn't on my list and write it in so I can cross it off oh I'm the same way same way something easy too because you just need that gratification Yes, that's so true. Like, add easy things on your list. Like, I'll put read and meditate on my list because I do them every day. But sometimes it's just motivating to at least have one thing you can definitely cross off in a day. Exactly. Like, after this, I'm going to cross off my record podcast with Hannah. Yeah, same. <laughs> I have that written, too. <laughs> wow, we're so alike. Um, but yeah, so lists and planners, like, I just think writing things down in general helps keep me motivated like it's good to know exactly what needs to be done it's good to be able to know how I need to pace my work and you know to have daily milestones and have that gratification of crossing something out yeah I agree and I think that all comes back to just setting yourself up for success like when you have the right tools and you are more in the mindset that you're going to succeed you're more likely to be motivated to take on that task absolutely and then the last thing that keeps me motivated um, is rewards. I think it's great to reward yourself for accomplishing things. And rewards can be so many different things. It can be like if I finish this assignment before noon, I can watch an episode of The Office on lunch or something. You know, just little rewards or it can be it can be big things. I just try – in general stay away from food not saying that I'm always good at that but I try not to reward myself with food because we're not animals and it can just become an unhealthy habit um but you know you know you and I have definitely been out and like yeah we're just treating ourselves which is totally fine yeah yeah what Um, I've been doing recently with working remote is um going to a lot of different coffee shops and so I've been like treating myself to a cup of coffee 
to help keep me motivated to get out and actually want to leave the house and um, do work. So I definitely agree with having that little treat. Yes, I really like that. Coffee is always a good one. Um, More on, this is definitely more on the um, health and wellness side. One thing, so a couple of things I've been struggling with since my mom passed away are cooking my own meals. I've been really reliant on takeout or simple, like, throw in the toaster oven meals, like Mm -hmm. meatless meat, veggie dogs, whatever. Yeah. And the other thing I initially in my grief process was drinking a lot. And so to cut back on that, I made a rule for myself that I can't drink alone. So I made a reward compromise system for myself where if I sit down and I cook myself an actual dinner, then I can have a glass of wine. So that's my reward. Yeah, you. it's it's interesting too how you combine <clears throat> two different problems that you were having into one solution. Yeah, so I feel motivated to cook dinner because I want to have a glass of wine. Um, so it works for me, you know. So part of rewards and motivation is finding what works for you. Yeah, exactly. And I think we'll talk a lot about that on this podcast. Yeah, definitely. And this episode specifically, yeah, is how there's no one size fits all. It's all tailored towards yourself and knowing how you function best and what is going to um, set you up the best for your goals. Exactly. So let yourself be rewarded. It can be small. Every once in a while, though, let it be big. Let it be a shopping trip or let it be food, like a meal or dinner that you've been wanting or a restaurant you've been wanting to go to. Like, it's okay to really reward yourself and treat yourself at times. But having small rewards to get you by day to day, week to week is also really great. Yeah, I definitely agree. I will say I find myself sometimes if I do treat myself to what I consider like a big thing, or big deal is that I do feel guilty sometimes for doing it. And just like reminding myself that there's like, I don't need to feel guilty. Like, I, absolutely. It was an earned thing. It's not an everyday thing. Um, so just also appreciating that yes, you do if you have a job income, like amazing, but also to like, the point of the job isn't just to work your also to enjoy the rewards that come with it as well to not feel guilty about it which is hard sometimes absolutely I love how you put that what about you what keeps you motivated so in terms of work since that's what we've been talking about um again definitely being organized that motivates me when I know what I have ahead of me and I know what I need to accomplish um I'm in a lot I'm in a lot better mindset to do that whereas when things look overwhelming and there's a lot of different parts going on I'm way less motivated to start but as soon as I take one thing at a time it's a lot easier for me to get a grasp of it and it just makes me want to start Um, yeah I'm the same way I'll even organize before I start to work which even if that takes like an extra hour or two before I'm like actually ready to work it just makes my brain feel so much better. And then when I'm working, I'm not thinking about those other things that could be done. And it just makes everything go smoother from the get-go. Yeah, I agree. And that also makes sense, too, with you being a writer. I feel like planning process is so ingrained into the mind of a writer. So that makes sense that you take the time to plan ahead. Yeah, very, very true. (laughs) Um, 
I think also too, having a new project is also really motivating. So in times where I just have like hit a lull, like I was talking about yesterday, where I worked five hours um, on a project, taking different leads, and nothing was moving forward. There was no progress being made. It was a lot of dead ends. So I ended up just going back to my email and answering emails. And then once I had my emails done, I felt way more motivated because I had just accomplished something off my list. And then I could go back to the project I was working on before. So I think that a lot of times if something's not working out, kind of switching directions and then accomplishing that task um, or getting like a, at least a decent start and then going back to what you're working on is also really helpful. Yeah, just let your mind kind of shift between assignments, projects, and sometimes they're easier to tackle. Right, because there's no point in just getting frustrated over one project and not making any headway. Like that frustration is not going to move you towards progress. So I think it's a lot more beneficial to kind of switch directions, get a little breath of fresh air, and then try and attempt it again. Yeah, I agree. And as a writer, I do that a lot too. I'll be working on a certain piece and I'll be editing it and I'll feel like I've read it so many times that I just literally can't read it anymore. And then that's when I'm like, okay, it's time to work on something else for a little while. So if you feel that way about a project, it probably means you need to shift gears for a little while. Yeah, definitely. And that's something, this also reminds me too, it's something that's so ingrained into us early on. Like I remember in high school studying for standardized testing and like if you could not get a question, you were supposed to move on and come back to it. Same concept, you know, just real world, real world application. Yeah, that's so true. Nice uh, comparison there. (laughs) It all comes full circle. Um, The other thing I wanted to throw in there that I do sometimes, probably less so often, but if you change your setting, so especially for people who are working at home a lot, which is a lot of people these days, like you said, going to different coffee shops or finding an outdoor space to work or just working in a different part of your house um, can be really good for you. There's this whole concept of liminal space, which is like your creative headspace. And sometimes you need to change your physical setting for your liminal space to be in a better spot, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's a great one. I'm glad you brought that up. I think that is really important. And that's an easy thing to do as well. And also, like you mentioned earlier on, having your planner gets you excited about working. So whatever that is, maybe it's not necessarily a planner. Um, It definitely helps for organization, but maybe it's like a new computer or a new set of pens. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever it is that relates to your work that gets you excited. Yeah. Um, Or a new outfit, you know, whatever. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like sometimes you have a new outfit and you're actually for that day or you have new pens and you just want to write with them. Like that's also true. Things like like just sprucing up your office setting, like getting new notebooks or whatever. I think all of that can help with the liminal space thing as well. Yeah, definitely. And then I think my last tip would be Um, And this is more of like well-being outside of work as well, but just self-care. And you alluded to this a little bit with treating yourself. I think in terms of self-care is super, super important because you're not going to be in the best mindset when you haven't taken care of your physical body. So whether that is like doing a facial or going to get your hair cut um, or getting a really nice 
getting your beard shaped. Applicable to men. Um, but just something, you know, that just kind of brings you back into yourself and makes you feel good. Because um, self-care is just, and mental care too, is just as important as physical care. Yeah. And I will say, in terms of your ability to be motivated to work, that also ties in so much with motivating like your motivation and health and well-being because if you're motivated to take care of yourself and to eat well eating well and drinking enough water has such a huge effect on your energy which is a huge part of feeling motivated is if you have the energy to do work so making sure that those two basic needs like those basic needs like food and water are cared for properly can actually have a huge effect on how motivated you feel from day to day yep yeah definitely and same with sleep same with sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're going to, you need to do whatever in part of your routine to make you feel the best, so that way you can work the best. And I know with quarantine and the pandemic, um, it's been a little difficult. And I know that a lot of people are going to work in their pajamas and just like rolling out of bed and talking on their computer. Um, and so you might not get necessarily the same results as when you kind of got ready in the morning and had more of a routine. Um, yeah. So just doing those things to give yourself like set yourself up to be the best I guess yeah I agree keeping your routines keeping organized I think those are great like basic ideals for staying motivated I mean you can manifest those in whatever way works for you but I think those are the two key things yeah definitely and I have said this to you before Hannah as well there will be days where I sit down I'm ready to do work and I'm feeling really motivated and I can get a lot done in like an hour whereas other days it's taking me three hours to do the same amount of work so I just don't feel as motivated Um, so I think that productivity isn't necessarily sometimes we tend to associate it with time when that's not really the case yeah Um, so again kind of planning setting yourself up eating right getting sleep all that stuff is just going to build on top of each other to give you the most productive time you know yeah and also it's important to know and I think you and I remind this we like say this to each other to remind each other that it's okay to have off days like if you truly have a day where you do not feel motivated you cannot get things done I mean, maybe that means you need a mental health day and you should take it, like listen to your body. Sometimes being motivated is a lot harder than it sounds. And if it feels that hard, then maybe you just need to take some time for yourself and really reflect and sit on it before you dive back in. Yes, I definitely agree. I'm a big advocate for taking mental health days and taking breaks. Um, And if you are listening and you're lucky enough to be in a job, where your salary or you have the flexibility in your hours and your schedules, that's great. Because there are certain days where I will clock a six-hour shift and I am just I just need to take a break, get re-motivated, re-energized, and then the next day I can come back and work a 10-hour shift. Um, so it, it really just depends kind of in your circumstance. And if you aren't able, where you're still clocking in like a normal eight-hour shift, Um, just finding like those little outlets you know where it's treating yourself to a cup of coffee like we said just something to kind of reinvigorate yourself um, like Mm -hmm. make it through the rest of your shift yeah I totally agree um is there anything on like health and well-being you want to say I mean I feel like I can't speak too much to motivation in terms of working out 
personally because I am not very motivated to work out, um, which once again, it's okay. I'm, I think it's okay not to, but do you have any advice on that? Yeah, I have a couple things. So the first, like this ties over to your work schedule where you have to be forgiving of however you feel that day. So if you feel super motivated that day, you want to go work out, you're going to do your fastest mile, or you're going to go to the gym for an extra 15 minutes, you just feel great. That's awesome. But on the days where maybe you don't want to work out, maybe you only do like a restorative yoga class, or not something like something not as hard. Um, Still like, that's okay. You know, like be forgiving and accept that that's what that day is. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, There's always tomorrow kind of thing. So I think that just accepting those fluctuations is a really big thing. So there are certain days where I can do a full CrossFit workout. There are some days where maybe I'll run. It's rare, but maybe I'll do it. (laughs) Um, And then there are some days where I just want to lay and do a 30-minute restorative yoga class. So every day is going to be different, just like your motivation each day is going to be different in terms of the workplace. So just allowing yourself to do what – you want to do in that moment and accepting it and forgiving yourself, you know? Um, So I think if you are going to beat yourself up over something, like there's, it's not constructive. Yeah, Um, I agree. And I will say for me personally, one thing that does motivate me. So I don't say that I work out, I exercise and that's the thing I check off every day is to do some kind of exercise. So for me, like if that's a 10 minute walk, then at least I did something. Right. And that counts. your body. Yeah, and that's what I allow exercise to mean to me now because I used to have this strict definition of what it meant to work out and I wouldn't necessarily think that what I did that day checked that box, but I kind of reframed my mindset and now I'm really happy with myself if I just go on a walk or if I do a couple laps in the pool. You know, it doesn't have to be something crazy big for it to count. Right. Yeah, you are the only one that's going to hold yourself to a standard. So whatever that standard is, however you define that, as long as it's, you're going to be happy with what you Yeah, as long as it's working for you, that's all that matters. Exactly. And then I think, too, in terms of actually motivation to work out, I think the hardest part is starting. So whether Mm -hmm. that is just putting on your workout clothes putting on your shoes like just going outside like those are the hardest things and that's pretty pretty apparent across the board too like with work with a huge project you're overwhelmed just start I know for you Hannah with writing it's just putting words on a paper sometimes yeah Um, you have to start somewhere exactly so I think that just putting on those clothes and going in with the expectation that you are going to do what feels right for yourself you're going to move your body in some form and not having super, super strict regulations on how many miles you need to run, um, how mm-hmm. long you need to work out for, those kind of things. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah, and I also know on the topic of health and well-being, outside of working out, eating healthy, too, is also a hard one to motivate people or motivate ourselves with, especially with the holidays coming up as well. Um, oh, Yeah. Yes, I would suggest kind of the same thing as working out, just understanding, um, A, there's a a podcast that Hannah and I listen to, and they really stress the idea of 
giving your body what it needs. So listening to your body. So in that day, maybe you don't need to eat that much. You didn't work out that much. You haven't been moving. You've been at your desk. Whereas other days, you are super busy. Um, you've been doing a lot. You're really exercising, walking, and you might need more. Um, so just listening to yourself and what you eat in that moment. And then also, too, not getting upset if you do overeat at Thanksgiving because it's pretty common, pretty normal. Yeah. It's all across the board. You just need to be flexible with yourself and just not be too strict because you're the one making these decisions and you don't need to be hard on yourself. I mean, it's that's not what motivation is. Right. Yeah. And from the science perspective, um, any type of positive incentive has proven to be way more effective than negative consequences. Yes, absolutely. Positive reinforcement versus negative. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that actually um, reminds me of I pulled up this article from reachout.com. I don't really know much about that website, but it's just a it's just tips for getting and staying motivated. And one thing they said in the article that I thought was super important is to have positive reinforcement like Tori says versus negative so like when you're thinking of this is more of a work example but if you're thinking of finishing an assignment and you're like if I don't finish this next this assignment in the next couple hours like I'm gonna miss my deadline and like my editor is gonna be mad or like if I don't turn this assignment I'm gonna fail my course instead of thinking that way think finishing this assignment means I'm one step closer to blank you know you need to think positively about the task itself and not the negative consequences of the task and not finishing it because you don't even need to have that in your brain. You need to be focusing on the positives of what completing that task means, yeah. not the negatives of if you don't complete it. Yeah, That's, that's going to really be way point. more motivating. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think, too, having a shift in your thinking and your belief is also a lot more difficult to change over time. Um, So I think that that is really helpful, too, in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. And then another thing that they say in the same article is that you should try to find things that interest you within goals that don't. So, like, there are cases where obviously within work, et cetera, you're given assignments. It doesn't – might not necessarily interest you specifically, but you should try and find something within that assignment that's going to motivate you. So this is kind of a weird example, but – For our marine biology major, Tori and I both had to take organic chemistry, and we hated it. It was very hard, but, like, the the thing that interests me within that is maybe I hate organic chemistry, but it's going to help me become a marine biologist, and that's what I want. You know, you kind of have to think of, like, the goals within the assignment, or, like, you get a crappy task at work, and it's, like, kind of grunt work, but you know if you finish that task, your supervisor is going to be very pleased and it might get you to that promotion like who knows what the goal within the goal might be but that's something you should try and look for as well yeah and I think this one is one that I probably struggle with the most I notice a clear distinction between tasks that I'm excited to do versus ones that I'm not and I love that you brought the fact of organic chemistry because anybody who knows me knows that it is not my strong suit um (laughs) But I actually found the course to be really interesting. That's the thing. It just didn't, like me, it wasn't, wasn't the greatest at it. Um, 
but yeah, like you said, I do think that that is a great way to accomplish that task that you don't want to do. Um, definitely the most difficult from my opinion, um, just because I really invest myself in the work that I do. So if I find it exciting, again, way more inclined to go like above and beyond, but yeah, finding ways to make it exciting is also really important. Yeah. And then the last thing from this list, which I've thought of before, but I didn't think to say in this podcast until I saw this article, um, is to have some sort of accountability, whether that's telling people about your goal or your task, or, I mean, a lot of times with work tasks, it's easier because you're accountable to your boss. But if it's like a personal project you want to work on, or just anything like that, you should tell someone else about that goal, workout goals, health goals. And then that helps you stay accountable. That person might check in and be like, hey, how is this going? And it might make you more likely to stick to your goal because you want to have a response. And maybe you tell your friend a goal and they want to join in. It's just a good way to stick to something is knowing that someone else knows about that goal and might check in with you on that goal. Yeah, it makes it a little bit more real. Yeah, absolutely. Or writing it down. So if it's something more personal and it's a goal where like telling someone isn't what you want to do at the moment writing it down can be an equal amount of accountability like write it down and like put it on your fridge or tape it somewhere that you'll see it and remind yourself that that's your goal yeah those are all really great tips um I know earlier when we were discussing the idea of doing this episode Hannah and I um had talked a lot about COVID, the pandemic, um, now we're moving into the winter months. In Florida, we don't have Mm -hmm. it as bad. But the seasonal change definitely impacts our motivation. And we did some research kind of as to why it does. And so I found two main theories. And a lot of you guys who are listening, if you've taken any um, philosophy courses, I'm sure this has come up. But some of this was new to me and maybe new to you as well, Hannah. Um, Yeah. First, from Positive Psychology, which is an organization, they had a post about motivation um, and kind of our science behind it, what drives us. So McClellan's Achievement Motivation Theory basically says that our drive for achievement kind of stems from human's nature for competition. And I consider myself to be somewhat of a competitive individual. And so I related to this, but basically they say that competition originates from three different areas. So the first being the task itself. So um, for example, if you are trying to complete a mile run, um, the second would be competition within from internally within yourself. So maybe you want to run a faster mile than you did yesterday. And then the last one is competition against others, which I think that this is probably one of the most common Um, So I want to run a mile that's faster than Hannah's mile. (laughs) Um, So basically those three um, situations or sources is kind of what drives us for competition. And that in turn helps motivate us. But the article was saying that this is shifted and um, driven, dictated a lot by the social environment as well. So that can change from from time to time. So I don't know, Hannah, if you've related. um, I'm sure you have any of those three types of competition yeah Yeah, definitely I mean I think it comes kind of down to intrinsic competition like what you want to like the goals you set internally for yourself like beating the mile 
that you ran yesterday. But then there's obviously the competition with other people, which is very present in the modern workforce. Like you're basically in competition with everyone for a job, you know? So I mean, yeah, I think both of those I've seen in so many different ways throughout my life. I think that's definitely relatable. And I think it makes a lot of sense. Right. That those kind of like competitions within ourselves and between other people is what motivates us. Yeah. And this is kind of more of just the human nature. Yeah. And yeah. And that's the thing is humans have really constructed society to be this way where we feel like we need to be motivated and we feel like we need to be doing things. It's very human created. Yeah. Especially too in America where we're driven to work to a certain standard for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Exactly. The whole American dream thing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It like sets a standard for what life needs to kind of look like and how life needs to move and where you should be and all these milestones. So, I mean, if you're looking at that societal structure, it almost is motivating in a way because not that you have to reach society's milestones at any given point, but it does kind of give you a way to look at where you might need to be or where you want to be in comparison to those milestones, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, And then the second scientific journal that I found was actually from Science, which is a journal. Um, And (laughs) they was from Science. And um, they talk a little bit more about diurnal and seasonal mood swings so a little bit more specific to the season changes um and then I'm sure a lot of our listeners are aware of seasonal affective disorder especially if you've lived up in the north um but what I found was interesting is that they attribute a lot of our shifts in behavior to the shift in day length so hours of light yeah um and normally in the morning we have this peak hour of positive productive um basically work and because with the time change and the shift we shift that peak positivity hour window whatever you want to say and it becomes delayed and so kind of starting the morning maybe not in the right mindset maybe a little groggy kind of sets the tone for the day going forward so I thought that that was pretty interesting um in terms of like explanation yeah that is interesting I mean Yeah, I feel like I've kind of read before about uh, seasonal affective disorder, aka SAD, in the past. And I remember them saying it really heavily has to do with daylight. And like, I don't know, it's almost like humans are plants in a way and need the light for emotional and like, uh, I think it even has to do with serotonin. I could be wrong. I'll say that for sure. But I think it even has to do with like the hormones that we have, like the daylight is related to that. Yeah, yeah, it could be. I like your your comparison to plants. Yeah, right. It's like we need a certain amount of sunlight to function properly. I feel that. I feel that. I don't know how people who live up in Alaska deal with the hours of dark. I I couldn't. No, No, I would not be motivated to do anything if it was just straight dark. Yeah, no, no, me either. Yeah. Not at all. Um... And then the last thing I want to talk about is that Herzberg's motivation hygiene theory. And all these theories are pretty, like I said, they're pretty foundational in the field of um, philosophy. Psychology. 
psychology, psychology. I was literally, <laughs> Hannah and I have like a Google Doc that we're sharing right now, and the word psychology is right in front of me, and I don't know why philosophy came to. Um, they look similar. They look similar. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, so basically, what I thought. So this theory is split into two different parts. So the fact that we have motivating factors, which we kind of discussed before about the need for personal growth, kind of tying back to competition, but also it ties in um, outside factors as well, which I found interesting. So for example, not only do we have the need for competition within the workplace, but also other factors that represent deficiency needs. Um, So like a company policy, you don't get along with your coworkers, um, your salary is not ideal. All those other outside factors are going to play a role in your motivation. Absolutely. I can relate to that from firsthand experience. Yeah. So if you're not happy in your position, again, you're going to be way less likely to be motivated. So originally, again, it's two parts. So the first part is motivation. And the second part is hygiene. Right, um, right. And so the, con- the example I explained was just a work context, but I thought it was more relatable. Yeah. But yeah. outside of that, you have your motivation. And the second is kind of your hygiene, your well-being. So not only um, from, like, an internal perspective, but also from, like, a physical care hygiene. So kind of how we talked about earlier, yeah. health care is super important. This is the idea that it's not just one or the other. It's kind of a combination of both that drives your motivation. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Those are all good explanations. And, like, yes. Yeah. Uh, like seasonal mood changes and all that we wanted to kind of some motivational tips specific to the holidays and the continuing pandemic season um so i don't even know if we can call it a season anymore (laughs) this pandemic life you're right yeah this worsening pandemic season as we're seeing and I guess preparing for the possibility of lockdowns. I know that some states have already reinstituted like two week stay at home orders. So these are for those people and for everyone else gearing up for possibly, you know, restrictions in the future. So for the holidays, I found a nice little list on Mayo Clinic's website um, about, you know, kind of dealing with holiday emotions, holiday stress. Um, The first one, and I know this can be hard to do. I know with the election having just passed and just other family differences, it can be difficult around the holidays to see family. Um, But this article from the Mayo Clinic suggests just setting aside differences and being ready to say no to certain conversations. So it really depends on your family dynamic. But possibly, you know, addressing from the get-go, like, hey, I want to set aside our differences for the holidays. Let's just not bring up the topics that we disagree on. Or if a topic comes up, learn to be like, hey, I think we're all having a nice time. Maybe we should have this conversation later. If, like, say, politics comes up and you don't want to talk about it. Or your relationship status. All those fun things brought up at holiday gatherings. Yeah. Definitely politics with the upcoming election. I'm sure that's going to be a common one in a lot of your guys' families. 
Yeah. So if you're looking like a civil holiday, just kind of go into it and set differences aside from the get go, what they're recommending here. Um, another way to stay through the holidays, keep your motivation to be working through the holidays. And we kind of said this earlier, but don't abandon your regular routines. You have a routine, if there's stuff you do every day, don't stop. Just, it's the holiday season. If family, if you're in a different location, try to keep those routines um, integrated as possible in your life because that'll help you keep a sense of stay grounded during the holiday season. Yeah, and it might even be a way for you to kind of connect with your family as well. So, like, if you're used to walking in the mornings, maybe including your family on your walks with you, too. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, exactly. You can bring your family in on your routines. Um, the last one I'll mention article about um, is more specifically towards people who maybe don't have traditional type families or don't really have anywhere to go for the holidays. If you find the holidays, you know, stressful or emotional for the reasons you should reach out to the community, like whether that for you is some sort of religious seeking, maybe spend more time at your church or your temple, or if you just need to get out of the house a little more, maybe volunteer at a soup kitchen um, however, you can reach out to your community and stay involved in something in the holidays, even if that's not family gatherings. That's a great way to just kind of keep your mood up during the holidays. And if you're at the point where the family issues are so bad or you just really are feeling alone, like do not feel afraid to seek help in any season, let alone the holiday season. I mean, I think that that's always a good option if, um, if if things are really becoming heavy for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, gosh, my voice keeps cracking this episode. <laughs> and <laughs> cute, cute. Um, and I know that there's also too a lot of virtual um, ways yeah. to reach out as well. There's like a lot of like Better Health has virtual like therapy um, chats and stuff like that as well. And then there's also a lot of new groups that are doing like virtual chats and Facebook groups and stuff like that too. So there's definitely resources out there um, that are also safe too with the pandemic. Yes. Yeah, I absolutely. And I mean, online therapy is totally accessible. I do my therapy sessions online and it's a great option, especially in this time. Um, But speaking of the pandemic, so for some tips for staying motivated through the pandemic, I found a nice article from the Scripps Institute. Um, And the first point is something Tori brought up just a little bit ago and kind of also goes along with staying in routines. But even if you're working from home and all that, you should still get up, brush your teeth, get dressed, and get going every day because you're going to feel more in that mindset of, okay, this is a work day or this is a day where I have things to do. I mean, it's so easy to just roll out of bed in your pajamas and it kind of seems like the luxury of working at home, but in terms of, you know, staying up in terms of your mood and feeling ready for the workday and just feeling organized and prepared, it helps to go through those motions like you were about to go into a different setting. Yeah, get you, get in the mindset. Um, I think also, too, I make my bed every single morning, and I think that that's a big one, too, so you're not tempted to get back into bed. 
Um, and one hundred percent, you started on the right foot. Yeah, I do the same thing. It definitely helps. Um, the other thing that script says that I also do um, is to keep your space clean, which I mentioned a little bit earlier, but also to decorate, like whether that be just new decorations in general, freshen up your place or to get fall decorations or holiday decorations. I know that I have my fall decorations up and it definitely, I don't know, it just makes you feel a little better. It gives you a little something to look at in your space that's different and it can just help you feel. I mean, I think this can even relate to the liminal space thing again, like throwing up new decorations or redecorating slightly can kind of give you a new headspace within your workspace or your home space where you are every day. Yeah, I agree. I think also, too, one of the things that I do is I get myself flowers almost, like, every week um, when I go grocery shopping, and I think just having, like, fresh flowers in the house, like, it's not a seasonal decor, but just makes me happy. Yes, I love that. I know a couple people who buy themselves flowers, and it's honestly, in general, it's such a nice thing to do for yourself. If you've never bought yourself flowers, go to Trader Joe's and get yourself some flowers. Highly recommend. Um, this next one's kind of obvious and I think a lot of us have been hearing this advice and hopefully taking this advice, but limit your time on the news, um, and like taking in kind of that kind of content because it can get heavy and draining and for the most part, things aren't super updated from hour to hour or day to day, you know, so if you need to take a day off from the news, you're not going to miss much you know it's okay to limit your intake and to be conscious of like your consumption of that content because it can make the situation feel heavy and it is heavy but you know we are living through this time and we have to persevere on so you don't want to let it drown you yeah that's a that's a really good um point yeah I think and we did this too even with the election during that five-day limbo waiting period you and I kind of just took a step back from the news we went to the park we went outside um just trying to like focus on a little bit of normalcy um yeah I think that that helped a lot yes absolutely like checking the result election results constantly wasn't helping because they were not like none of the significant changes were going to be happening in a day you know so it's the same thing for sure um, and then finally, I think this was such a good one. Resist the urge to feel bored. Like resist the urge. We are human beings and we can do, there's like an endless possibility of things we can do at any given moment. So I think, I honestly think it's a little ridiculous to be like, I'm bored. Yeah. We should like, truly what do you never mean? feel bored. <laughs> what do you mean? There are a million things on this planet to do. You can't think of one of them. But, like, don't let yourself feel bored. Like, don't – I feel like whenever – if I ever say that I'm bored, it's because I'm actually feeling bad for myself. I'm never actually bored. Like, so don't let yourself be bored because that's really just an excuse and, like, it's not – help. you're not bored. You're not helping yourself. There is something you can do. And maybe it doesn't have to be work-related, you know, but there's some – I promise there's something for you to do. Yeah, I agree. I think most of the times when I say I'm bored, it's just that – I'm actually bored. I'm just not happy with what I'm doing in the moment. So yeah, a hundred percent. Finding something to do, but also finding something that's actually adding value. Um, so yeah, you can just flip on the TV and watch whatever. Episode ten and Netflix asks you if you're still watching. 
probably not adding value yeah, to your yeah. life anymore. Yes, exactly. I feel like most of the time. Um, so I think just being. Um, most of the times, sorry, okay. most of the times that like I say I'm bored is when I'm sitting on the couch watching Netflix and I've been like scrolling through my phone, but I'm not entertained by either. And I'm like, oh, I'm so bored. It's like, cause I'm not doing anything that's giving me value. Exactly. And I think we mentioned this earlier on the podcast too. Um, I'm very into being like intentional and adding value with your time. And I know you are as well yeah. too, Hannah. So I think that just doing that shift as well, like asking yourself, like, is this giving me value? Is a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. It puts things into perspective really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully some of these motivational tips are helpful. Honestly, I'm feeling more motivated after doing this. I'm ready to send an article off to my editor. I'm going to finish it up after this. You know, I'm ready. <laughs> Good. Me too. I know we, so Hannah and I both started the day kind of slow. We had a meeting about this podcast episode where we FaceTimed each other pretty much. Yep. I was literally, I was Um, very literally in bed. (laughs) Yeah. I was, I mean, I was pretty close. I was not far from my bed. Um, So to go from that to now feeling a little bit more inspired and motivated is a big change. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, this has been a great episode. We hope you got as much as we did out of it because we're both feeling better right now. Um, Yeah. And we'll see you next time.